so far and post you know post TCU um, um, we get home early from an early game like that I had plenty of time Saturday night um, Saturday night till Sunday morning to analyze a number of things I've basically been pretty pleased with how things have gone on the defensive side of the ball you know back in the off season when you know, I made a bunch of changes with the staff and really, you know, put Dave to oversee the defense and Clint to run the defense and Buddy and, and Scott to to interject their ideas into the defense. I just wanted to see how that all went and I've been pretty pleased how that's all gone. I've been pretty pleased on special teams. You know, everyone was all nervous when I said we don't have a special teams coach, you know, um, for one, you know, everyone's got these different units. I think that's gone pretty well. Where I've really been the most disappointed is on offense. And I went back and reflected how I put Dave really from running the defense to overseeing the defense, where Clint now could uh, get much more involved with the actual actual running the defense. And I sat there and I said, to, well, I really should be doing more of the same with the offense. So here's what I'm doing uh, this week. Uh, Ron's going to run the passing game. Ron Pauls is going to run the passing game. Jeff Blasco is going to uh, be in charge of the run game and protections. And I'm going to oversee the offense. I'm going to get much more involved in the p- coaching of the skill positions, which I think has been lacking. Um, I've been a position coach at all these positions, quarterback, running back, tight end, wide receiver on the NFL level for multiple years. And I think that some of the areas that we're deficient at, I think that I could uh, lend an improvement. Um, I'm not pushing any coaches aside. I'm just getting more involved in all the skill positions and letting Ron and Jeff worry about the nuts and bolts. Actually, yesterday on game plan day, it was probably the most refreshing day I've had in quite some time because there was more, uh, there was a much greater exchange of offensive ideas than there's than there's been since I've been here. And maybe you know, maybe that's the fact that you know when you have the head coach is also also the offensive coordinator. Sometimes guys can be stifled a little bit in making suggestions, and that certainly wasn't the, that certainly wasn't the case yesterday. You know, some of you have, uh, have on the interpretation that every coach is on the field. You know, Ron's upstairs uh, in the box. He's been upstairs in the box. He'll stay up in the box. But now, what's going to happen with this um, this new you know? kind of spreading out the distribution of labor. Um, I will actually, at the end of series, have to be more involved with coaching the quarterback position um, in between, you know, when the offense comes off the field and the defense goes on. So don't have a panic attack. If when we're on defense, I miss a couple of plays sitting over there talking to the quarterbacks because that's the way I've done business in the past and that's the way we're going to do it now where – there's no misnomer or no confusion on what went wrong, what went right, and what we're going to do differently moving forward. So that's quite a drastic change from how we've done things on offense. Um, that's basically what I did this year on defense, even though everyone you know, didn't really understand exactly what I was doing. I've been very pleased with how that's went, and I've kind of used that as my model moving forward for the rest of the season. And this will be like this for the rest of this year. This isn't just I'm doing it for the Oklahoma game. That's the way we're going to do business. How would Oh no, he'll still he'll he'll still run quarterback meetings. But what happens is when 
I think I think what happens a lot of times when you have a veteran coach, okay, who's been running offenses for a lot for a long time, sometimes ideas not not by me personally, but sometimes you hold in ideas because the head coach or the slash offensive coordinator already has a bump, bunch of them on his own. So what I now do is I let them put all their stuff up. I don't say anything yet. We did totally – I mean, this is killing me to do it this way, Tom. But I let them put all their stuff up. And then before I put anything in addition to, I went through play by play. Okay, tell me why. Show me on tape. Tell me – you know. And, and now th this way they get an idea – the opportunity – to show me what they'd like to do and why. And then the, instead of me laying down the base for what we're going to do, now their ideas get to be the base for what we're going to do, and then I can just expand from that. So, it, you know, it gives them a lot more input, you know, a lot, mo lot more say to, you know, what we're going to do. And I think that Ron, look, at, I've always believed that the, this, our offense has run through the quarterback, and no one knows uh, what our quarterbacks can and cannot do any better than Ron. You know, Jeff is an interesting, really interesting person because, you know, he first was working with with Rob and Ionello, Rob Ionello and and Ron and them over at Akron. Then I brought him in there, and he was with me 24/7. I mean, I never could get rid of the guy. You know, I I worked for early to late, and he was with he was there with me every second. He was like a sponge, and he's the guy who knew how I think, you know, better than anybody. So that's why when I came here, I hired him because I knew exactly what I was getting, and that's been more of the same now for the last year and a half. And I think that this is going to allow us a, a better coordination. But more than coordination, it's going to be a, a better, a, a, a more, more guys getting to interject ways of how can we get, how can we improve the offense, how can we score more points. You know, I felt that I had a, I had to back off a little bit. Or else we're never going to get any better, you know. And it's not easy for me to do it that way. But I just think that, you know, I I sat back and said, look, it. I was willing to do it with Dave. Why can't? Why am I not willing to do it with myself? You know, I'm looking. I'm willing to do it with a with with him. And then that's how I had to look at it. And you know, that's not an easy thing to do. But you know, really, I'm doing it because I think that Kansas football needs it, and that's why that's why I'm doing it because all I really don't care about my ego. I just want to. Get better and win. That's all I want to do. Are you impressed with uh, any of their creativity? Or any of their uh, the, idea, the ideas were good. Now, of course, I shot a lot of them down too. You know, I, I have to humble them some. I can't make them feel that good. But uh, I'd say that the definite foundation of what we're doing, you know, you know, came from you know Jeff met with with Tim and Reggie, you know, and Ron and Ron uh, met with met, met with Rob and. Then they sat there and they talked things, and then they came and presented. Here's, you know, it wasn't just the, just the two of them, but you know, they met with the staff and they met all. The, you know, we had, you know, we these are a couple been a couple of really long nights, you know, because you know we obviously have not doing well enough on offense, and you know you can sit there and blame the players and everything all you want, but the bottom line is our job is to figure out, well, how do you how do you get how do you make it better? That's what our job is. And this is, I think that this is going to give us a better venue going forward throughout the rest, of, well, the rest of the year. And let's see, let's see how this goes. Was this something that had been floating around in your brain for a couple of weeks, or was it just, you know, after this past weekend? No, I just think that I think every week I think about different things after a game. You know, like how am I going to make it better? 
How, that's all I worry about. When the game is over, you know, after you've taken a shower and you get on the bus or you, you know, you know, you get to wherever you're going, I think your mind immediately. I don't talk to any. I don't talk very much. I mean, my son sits next to me. I don't think I said two words to him. I mean, I mean, and I sit there, and all I'm going through is, okay, what can I do? What can I do? How? What can I do? What can I do? So, like when. You know, everyone else is given the analysis of that game. I'm I'm worried about the next game. You know, I'm not worried about the analysis. I'm going to watch it the next morning, and that's when I'll do my analysis because I don't ever write write or say anything without being able to see proof and knowing exactly what's going on. And I laugh a lot of times because things are said. If I don't know what's going on, how the hell does anyone else know what's going on? You know, they write it as if it's gospel, like this is what's supposed to happen. Oh, really? That's newsflash because I didn't quite know that yet. But I'm always immediately following the game, trying to, well, how can I make it better? And obviously obviously not moving the ball well enough. We're not changing field position enough. We're making critical errors at the wrong time. Now, mental errors-wise, which was one of the things going into the game, look it, we told them we were going to play conservative. We were going to punt a lot. Unfortunately, that was true. Okay, we punted ten times. Okay, but you know we said we said going in we had so many mental errors from all the movement in Texas Tech we should have single digits and mental errors. Well, we had single digits and mental errors. So a lot of the things we said we wanted to do we did, but at the end of the day it's just not good enough. All it all it let you do is be in a close game in the fourth quarter because the defense got four turnovers. That's really what it came down to. Sterling looked more comfortable on the right side. I think I think I think that within the next couple of weeks. That niche will be a lot more comfortable for him than the left side. You know, I think that uh, you know there's you know that that transition of just getting used to putting your right hand down instead of putting your left hand down. You know, but he's right-handed, so right-handed players usually like to play on the right side. Left-handed players usually like to play on the left side. I mean, a little little tidbit for you. What uh, potential pitfalls are there with this new setup? I mean, well, there's none. I mean, there's 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 no pitfalls. I mean, it just it it's more of an open exchange of uh, a, a more openness by the by the head coach slash offensive coordinator, you know, than you know. Look at in a 20-hour work week, there's only so many things you could do. Okay, but I think that uh, it'll be a better. I think it'll be a better utilization. Um, better utilization of our resources. That's what I think it'll be. From a, from a player's perspective, will they have much adjustment, or will it basically be the same same offense? So they won't need. Oh no, it's there. There won't be an adjustment. The, the only thing, yeah. Here's the biggest adjustment. I'm in position meetings now, and that's not a good thing for them. No, because they th- it's not a good thing, and and individual periods were. I wasn't as involved in the individual periods other than observing. I'm involved there, and that's not a good thing for them either. It's a good thing for me. It's just not a good thing for them because there's different levels of of, of hard coaching, and mine is cranked up to the full gear, if, if you can read between the lines on that one. People at Kansas have talked a lot about Player development being kind of a key to success at a program like where you're not going to get you know four or five star recruits. How have you thought about the, in the last year and a half that your player development wise has gone and has been up to the standard that you? Well, I think I think that that's that's that that question really doesn't have 
full full force this year because of the great number of junior college guys that we brought in. I think that uh, as we transition here to now being predominantly a high school, you know, high school recruiting force with supplemented by junior college guys, it's a totally different environment. Okay, when you have a guy for four or five years, it's different than when you have him for a year, year and a half. I mean, they're in there, they're playing. I mean, boom, they're in there. I mean, you didn't have time to develop them. Isaiah Johnson's playing pretty good. He walked in the door, he's on the field. I mean, I mean, what development? I mean, you want me to take credit for his interception the other day? I did a heck of a job on that one. <laughs> okay, but really, you take a guy like Ja'Cory. Now, look at Ja'Cory now versus Ja'Cory a year ago. I mean, he was horrible last year. It wasn't because he was a bad athlete. He was a wide receiver playing corner. Now he's a corner playing corner. I mean, there's a, a perfect example. Now, all of a sudden, you look out there and say, this kid's really good. Okay, but I think that really the, that really comes in the development of your young guys when you get to take them and watch them evolve. It's not when you bring in a guy in August and five day, and a month later they're already out there playing. I mean, you didn't have a lot of time to take blame or credit for the development. It is what it is. You mentioned uh, Blake Bell's completion percentage. Based on what you've seen, you know, other games of theirs this year, is that a product of – his ability as a runner and how uh, that's totally it's totally he's a very good play action guy and besides them having the I get, mentioned just three of the runners I should include him in there you know I should include him in as one of the runners you remember you'd watch K-State last year it wasn't read option it was they were running quarterback power you know he'd take that little hesitation step and then follow the back and go well that's what they got with them. How many times you know, last year? You, that's all you saw. You saw them on goal line situations where they shotgun it to him. He take a step back, and then follow the lineman. Well, now you're doing it all over the field. Okay, so you know you got to worry about all these other running backs, and you have to defend him too. But it's not defend him like running to the edge. He's six six, two hundred and fifty two pounds. I mean, he's he's a load. So what are you going to do with the linebackers? You're going to sit there and not try to come and try to meet him. You better come try to meet him. And then if you do that, that opens those all those holes behind those guys. You know, you got to pick your poison. You're going to stop the running game, and leave yourself a little bit vulnerable in play action, or you're going to play action and leave yourself vulnerable in the run game. That's you know, that's where they've they've done a nice job of that. Was, was Blake Bell was he on your radar um, at Notre Dame? Did you guys recruit him? You know, they, uh, I was told I did. I don't I don't remember I don't remember him. To be perfect, I'd, I'd be lying to say I remembered him. You know, you know somebody, Rob or somebody said, yeah, we recruited him. I don't, I don't remember him. You know, so I don't know how I could forget a guy that's 6'6", 252 pounds, but, you know, I just don't remember him. So I'd be lying if I told you that I did because I just don't. I'm old and senile now, so that, you know, the, the, that comes with the territory. You mentioned a little bit of the offensive line. It's good when there's not the changes that you've had in recent weeks. Did they yeah, shocker? Huh? Did they did they grade out a little bit better overall? Uh, not necessarily. Okay, I think that probably the best thing that happened. I think Gavin solidified the interior part of our offensive line. I'm not saying Gavin played wonderfully now, with how we played. No one played wonderfully, but you know you didn't notice it like you've noticed that that position in the previous games. You watched the game. Did you really notice that position in the game? And the answer is probably no. And that's actually a good thing. Because in an offensive line, when you notice them, 
three t uh, most of the time, a high percentage of the time when you notice them, it's because something bad's happened, not because something's good good's happening. So now that we've got that solidified and we have not making any changes in who's playing where, I think that, you know, even though we're playing against another good defense, which we are, I think that each week you can go with the same group of guys, you're one step you're one step closer to developing yourself some some chemistry. Yeah, we've it's been musical chairs in there now for, for quite some time, but I think we've kind of settled into, you know, barring injury, knock on wood. That's the that's the way we'll be going here for a while. The conservative approach that you mentioned is that the best way to go moving forward, or does it depend on opponents? What well, do you see out of that that you like? Well, you you have to play to the strength of your team. And right now, our defense is the strength of our team. So if you, can, if you can allow the defense as much as you possibly can to play on a long field, okay, you have, you have a it – it a lot of times gives you the best chance of winning a game. Now, until the fourth quarter, field position was not in their favor of this past game. It wasn't until the fourth quarter that field the, the, almost the whole fourth quarter – was played up with us backed up on our end, or them punting from their own from our for, from their forty yard line, coming in. So we never were able to flip field position in the fourth quarter. So even though it's a seven point game, they never they they never were endangered because we never flipped the field. I think that conservative was this approach for this past game because I didn't think that they were going to score a bunch of points against us. Now, if you're playing against a team that you think it's going to score a bunch of points against you, I don't know. I don't know if you can play that game. I just didn't think TCU. You know, in the matchups, I thought our defense would play well against TCU, and you know they played. You know, with the exception of you know that one kind of unfortunate play early in the early in the third quarter, with the exception of that one play, I thought that they played pretty solid on defense. Charlie, it appears a name maybe has been added to the depth chart at quarterback. Anything that would read into that, or is this Montel? I guess is at the bottom. I don't know if he's on. Oh, he's on the depth chart. Addition this week. Actually, where, where's Tom? Where, I did it for Tom. You know, you know, no. Actually, uh, Tom asked an interesting question. Loaded us, of course. You know, but. It asked an interesting question about red shirts. You know, Montel's one of the few people that, as a candidate to be red shirted, that we have not come close to making a decision on yet with seven games yet to go. You know, people talk about pulling red shirts off. Really, we haven't put red shirts on. You know, I think that once we get past about the halfway mark of the season, that's when the conversation begins. Because to me, if a kid can be involved for half the season, okay, and, and – Sometimes it makes them that much better, more prepared to play the next season. So um, I would not put him on the depth chart if he wasn't a legitimate candidate to play this week. I would not put him down there, just so you know. I'm not doing it just just because Tom asked a question. If his name's down there, then there's then he's a candidate to play. You just talked a little while ago about development. Um, I know he's been up because you haven't sent him down. So. I know limited snaps, probably limited reps. Have you been able to see much in the way of development on his part? I've told you right from the spring. I'm really, I'm right from the fall. I told you I'm really high on on Montel, yeah. and I'm really high on Montel. Higher. I'm really high on Montel. 
Do you have a strong arm? Where, where would you rank his arm strength? Good enough. Fair enough. Montel's not just, you know, sometimes people get, you know, you know, oh, he's just an athletic quarterback, you know, so they're just going to run with him. He can throw it good enough, trust me. You've been doing it a long time. What is the toughest part as far as evaluating a quarterback? Um, usually, it comes down to to two two major things. You know, um, leadership is your intangible quality, and accuracy is your tangible quality. Now, obviously, now in today's game, athleticism, you know, goes right along with those things. But uh, I think that, you know. That they were those two first those two qualities, or you know every good quarterback that I've ever been associated with has those two qualities. Has both leadership and accuracy. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. You talk about the exchange of ideas on offense. Does that end on, on game day though? I mean, when it, when it comes to game time, is the is the coordinator the um, the sole play caller? You don't want to hear what they. Have. Oh no! Well, the, well, what happens is, when things are going well in a game, you get all sorts of people giving suggestions. When things aren't going well, those phones are really very quiet. You know, because you, you'll say you have anything, and then you could hear a pin drop. Okay, and that's like that. Just so you know, at every level. Okay, and I've been at every level. It's like that on every level. If things aren't going well, hey, you got anything? No one responds. If things are going well, you got 15 ideas coming, flying. Why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? Why don't we do this? You know, so that's really the way. That's really the way it goes. You know, everyone's on the same page, but human nature is human nature for assistance. When things are going well, they they're right up there with you. And when things are going well, they're waiting for you to make the call. <laughs> when you say got anything, how many hot mics are there that can respond? Everyone. You know, now the, mic, the mics aren't turned on the whole time. All they do is press a button. You know, so everyone, everyone, everyone has a microphone. How many would you not say? That's not your job. Be quiet. Oh, no, when I ask a question, and um, it's dependent on whether I ask a specific person or I just ask it in general, because I'll say anyone, anyone, <laughs> hello. <laughs> You know, they're they're all game. Would you expect more involvement with this new setup, more communication? Oh, there's. Uh, I think that uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to make sure that I don't get. Uh, I have to make sure that I let them do their job. Let's just say that. You know, in other words, if I'm letting one guy be the you know. You know, be in charge of the pass game, and one guy in charge of the run game. This collaboration that we're working on, I have to let them do their job and not sit there and say no, 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 no. You know, you know, I have to, you know, go along with the flow. That's going to be the toughest. That's the toughest part for me, Kevin. You know, but I think it's the only way for us to get better. Have you done this before? No. Nope. No. Nope. You know, I think that one of the problems comes, to be honest with you, is too many times, you know, coaches' egos get in the way. Um, 
of what's best what's best for the program and i think that you just have to sit here every week and say what can we do better how can we do it better and you know last week it was we're going to play conservative we're going to play ball control we're going to punt it a whole bunch because i don't think they're going to score a bunch of points and we'll have a chance to win in the fourth quarter well that's what happened you know now we we didn't get it done now it still doesn't still not good enough but that's that's what that's what's last week was this week was you know um, i think that we need to make some changes on how we do business because reflecting on the changes that I made on defense, I think that they've they've come along nicely, and and I think I have to be willing to do the same thing on offense. So that's what I'm doing. You've worked for some pretty strong-minded guys. Were you one of the guys when you said anybody anything? Did you? Every every time. I would offer every time, and if I told you how many times I was told to shut up. It was about 90% of the times that I responded to, to, to that to that request, and it usually wasn't just "shut up." There were usually a few other words in that uh, in that phrase. You could do the math on that one too. Not personnel. Huh? Oh, I took some of the most brutal beatings of all time, figuratively. It, it's just pleasurable, just pleasurable, to even reminisce about those times. You've indicated on the depth chart those guys are day to day. Is there any more? You yeah, can tell because us? if they were if they were going to be out for an extended period of time, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't have them on there. And if they were going to if I knew they were going to play this week, I wouldn't have them in parentheses. So that's there's about a what about a half dozen of them, right? I mean, for like Tony, for like Tony, Tony's already passed his, his concussion test, but he still has headaches. Okay, so if he's symptomatic, you know, he could be not symptomatic tomorrow and he could play this week. Uh, I wouldn't bet on that, okay, but in every one of those guys, you know, that uh, they're not as bad, you know, as not as bad as I thought they were or they're not as good as they thought they were. You know, just you just have to, like, one knee's got to stop swelling, but it's solid. Okay, another one, it's a low ankle sprain, not a high ankle sprain. So, I mean, it's all the timing of those things really become more day-to-day because, you know, depending on the severity of different things, that's why you don't see Taylor and Sampson down there because they're a long way away from playing if they play at all, whereas those those other guys aren't, you know, like I said, I don't know for sure when they'll be back. I'm not just sandbagging you right there. I really don't know, you know. I sit with, you know, Murphy Grant every single morning at 6.30. We, we meet, and that's where we are. That's where we are because I give you what he gives me. Make game planning harder because last week you said, "Hey, it's easier no. not knowing or knowing." You plan. You plan with them not being there, and not, you don't plan with them being there. So all those guys, I plan as if they're not there. That's why you see Jake Love all of a sudden playing middle linebacker and playing Will linebacker, and that's why you see Courtney Ornick all of a sudden. You see him listed as the Will linebacker instead of as the second nickel. I mean, because you have to plan as if they're not there. It's easier to interject them in than to plan on them being in and then them not being in because that's where you really catch yourself catch yourself in a bind. You indicated at the beginning of the year that Jake Love was always going to play, but you did you know, lose a spot to a guy that came in. You know, how did you see him respond to that? And how did he you know, continue on? He's, he's the exact same person every single day. That's one thing. He, he's the same guy every day. 
Doesn't say anything just because it works his butt off every single day. Doesn't get moody. You know, just goes out. He practices hard and plays hard every single day. So, I mean, you know, he knew that, you know, in in one case, if it meant less reps at linebacker, it meant more reps on special teams. I mean, he was still going to get his 30 or 40 reps every game. It wasn't like he wasn't – it just where is he going to get the reps? Jake's a valuable member of our team, and he's also one of the guys that's really very, very consistent. Very consistent. Um, not having special teams coaches work that well, also, it seems. Uh, so if the defensive changes have worked out well. That's why we're trying to hit the trifecta, Tom. So the pressure's on. I got win plays, now I'm trying for show, right? <laughs> so you're not that stubborn a person based on that. Oh, thanks, Tom. <laughs> no, I think that I will do anything. I will do absolutely anything to give us a better chance of winning. Okay, besides cheating. Cheating I will not do. Okay, but I will do anything. And, and if this gives us the best chance, and, you know, let's ride this out and, 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 and let's see how it goes. By cheating, you mean buying players and stuff? And I, won't do, I, won't, I, won't, I won't do anything. What about you know? spying on other practices? I won't do, I, I, I would not do that. Do you ever I mean, fear that it's done to you? Uh, I think that it's, it would be easy to do to us because of the logistics of you know, where the practice fields are. I don't know if it's ever done or not, but I think it would be easy to do because, you know, just logistically, that's the way it is, you know. But, uh, you know... But, you know, you can't, you roll with the punches, you know, it just, it is what it is. We don't go change what we're doing in practice. You know, every once in a while there's, we're on the practice field and there'll be somebody up standing on the garage and I'll look at them, I'll say, because you can't kick them out legally. So I'll look at him and I'll say, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm just a fan. I said, the practice is closed. You know. <laughs> yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. <laughs>